I like to. I like to say something. This is Dirt and Spray. Back in '82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin for a mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brandon Sprague. God, there was one week when you wore sweatpants every day. Oh, you know what? If they were Sean John sweatpants, it would have been fine. But because they're Costco brand, it's like the worst thing I could do. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Well, I roll it out. Hey, let's do this final hour. Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, 99.5 HT2, the Odyssey app. Hope your mornings are going great. Hope everybody had an awesome Valentine's Day. Everybody have a good Valentine's Day night, dinner. Yeah, we all enjoy it. Yeah, I did. I got uh, ended up getting flowers. <laughs> hey, look at you. I made a uh, a delightful dinner. It turned out perfect. That's all you can do on Valentine's Day. That's all that's necessary. And then I screwed up the chocolate-covered strawberries for dessert. Oh, no. Oh, no. I did enjoy I stopped into Freddy's on my way home yesterday to grab some flowers as well. Oh, what a madhouse the stores were yesterday. Seeing the amount of men in there carrying flowers around the store, it made me chuckle. I was like, hey, we're all in the same boat, huh? Right. A lot of people were. I went to multiple stores. One of them had an insane amount of people trying to get bouquets. And I I, I mean, I saw people spending $150. Whoa, I'm like, whoa, whoa. Those things are going to die in three weeks, whoa, man. Like, yeah, what not are we doing? It. I'll get the 1999 one. You know, I went for the 12 and the $7 <laughs> bouquets. You put them together. There you go. Save some money. No, individually. Oh, I individually. Get, here yeah. you go. Here you go. Here you go. Thank you. Thank oh, you. yeah. Touche. Touche. You got multiples you got to buy. So uh, there you go. Hope everybody had a good Valentine's day uh the new text line number in case you uh, have been living under a rock all week 503-864-6326 that is the new fan text line that's how you can interact with us throughout the show we'll get the status story coming up in a moment let's see if we can put our heads together and solve a major issue facing a uh, facing a sport that we talk about from time to time and often it gets it gets posed of well what are you going to do about it what could you possibly do? Well, the NBA is thinking they maybe have found a solution. Now, it needs to be agreed upon, and we'll see if it actually ends up taking effect. But the biggest problem plaguing the NBA right now is easily the fact that your star players don't play every night. And you get you brought up Kawhi Leonard earlier in the show. We talk a lot about him. Like, load managing is an issue. LeBron and the Lakers played Brooklyn a couple of weeks back, and it was pointed out that LeBron and Kevin Durant have not played against each other in the regular season since, like, 2018 because they load manage every time they're playing. And those have arguably been the two biggest faces in the NBA over the last decade outside of maybe Steph Curry. So the NBA is desperately trying to find a way to solve this issue issue but how do you force guys to play well the league and the players association are holding talks leading into their next cba about tying the league's awards to how many games players appear in throughout the course of the season now i believe this also would could be contingent on all nba consideration as well which if you remember in the last cba or two cbas ago whatever it was you now get these, you know, in contract incentives if you're all NBA, right? Yeah, that's your, how you get to the super max. The super max. If you get named to an all NBA team, you can make more money. And so there's an incentive for guys to try and earn that. And teams, hey, that's an incentive for to local teams to try and keep their players around. You resign with our team, we can pay you more money. Um, h- how do we feel about this as a possible solution? Because I saw this floated and I thought, you know what? Guys care about MVPs. Guys care about all NBAs. Not I, I've heard worse ideas in trying to fix this. You know, Barkley said this a while ago, and I'm I keep going back to it in my head because right now the NBA is publicly negotiating with TV partners. I don't know if you've seen the headlines. Yes. NBC might try and jump in. Uh well, so that headline came out after uh, ESPN. There was a report ESPN and Disney 
don't feel the same way about spending a certain amount of money on the league. And then I want to say it was six, seven hours later that report came out. And then NBC report came out and it's like, oh, okay, well, you guys are publicly negotiating. Yeah. TV money's coming up. New collective bargaining is going to ha- happen at some point. And Barkley had said a few weeks back, he goes, the players are going to get their asses handed to them. And I thought that was interesting because it's a league that largely bends to the will of the players more than any other. Easily more than any other sport. And while I, I appreciate that, I'm always pro player in these situations. I think there's elements of the player power doing almost a disservice to themselves in the league. And I think this is one area that's really costing them. If you want to tie some incentive to it, um, I'm okay with that. If you want to go PGA, you know, uh, you have to play X amount of games per year unless there's an actual... Because team doctors and teams can fudge things all the time. They can sit guys with quote-unquote knee soreness. Mm -hmm. And the reality is... Yeah, their knee's a little sore, but it's not ever to the extent that they say. And then, oh, just happened to be sat out at the second of a back-to-back. I I don't know what they do. I like kind of almost all of these ideas, but they need to figure this out. It's killing their game. Um, And I'm I'm not trying to be hyperbolic there, but like last night, I'm, I'm getting excited. I don't follow every beat writer from every team, so I don't always see who's in, who's out, and sometimes I just find out when I watch the game. I got excited because I knew on my calendar I had Buck Celtics. I had the one and the two seeds in the East. And then Horford, Tatum, Brown, and Smart didn't even travel. Yeah, what was up with that? Because I turned that game on, too, thinking, that, hey, Celtics and Bucks are playing. This is great. And then I had a buddy who's a Celtics fan texting, is Peyton Pritchard going to go for 20 points tonight because nobody else can score? And I'm like, what do you mean nobody else can score? Well, critics would argue that game ended up going to overtime and Milwaukee was lucky to win it. Oh, sure. Boston blew it. But like that, that, <laughs> but that doesn't change it. That doesn't change no, it doesn't. the fan yeah, We want to see stars at the end of the day. Somebody in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or a suburb of Milwaukee yesterday paid hundreds of dollars for good tickets, rightfully so, to a great game on paper. These might be the two best teams in the East. These might be the juggernauts that decide the championship. And four key players are sitting out? Like, imagine getting that. The day of, you'd bought those tickets. I I said this uh, a few years ago. I went to LeBron his first year in Cleveland when he came back. I went to the Blazer game the first time they came back. I'm like, you know what? I want to see this. This is dope. I spent a decent amount of money, especially at that time with what I was making. And it ended up being a game where Kyrie and Deion Waiters pissed him off so bad that he basically quit and sat in the second half to teach him a lesson. It actually ended up becoming the pivotal point of their season. I remember that They game, traded yeah. Deion Waiters, and they went on that run, and they went to the finals. But that didn't help me in the moment. I paid a lot of money for those seats. And so you get a lot of people that get stuck like that. You need more responsibility on teams I think they need to look through their schedules. They know they want to sit them on certain back-to-backs. You need to get ahead of this. And the NBA needs to be damn more flexible on their flexing of primetime games because I'm tired of getting stuck with these, hey, it's the Bucks versus the bench unit of the Celtics. That's not fun. That's not something I want to tune into. Yeah, even to Swag's point, even when you get an overtime game, how many people just tuned out immediately realizing that nobody was playing for Boston? Like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't really care about this anymore. Maybe you check back late because it's a close game, but the intensity and the interest level, I think, disappears immediately. And I, I think golf and the NBA are, are kind of in similar waters right now. We talked a lot about golf earlier this morning about how they're trying to do these elevated events and get guys to play. Tiger was asked about that yesterday because 
because it's been met with a lot of pushback from players. There's a lot of guys that don't like, hey, I, this is a lot on my travel schedule. These are events I don't normally want to play. Like, you're forcing me to do things as a player in this league, and you're taking away the control. But the argument that a lot of folks around the tour make is, Yes, there are some things that you're going to have to do you don't want to do, but ultimately it's going to be better for the game. Ultimately, the more events that we all play in together, the higher the purses are going to grow because the TV ratings are going to be higher and the investment from advertisers is going to be greater. And so it's going to benefit you in the long run. And that's something where I think the NBA is trying to desperately make that argument where, yeah, I get it for your team and your individual sake. Maybe you don't care and you want to give guys a night off when they're on TNT. Guess what's going to cost you money on the next CBA potentially because your TV money isn't going up because guys aren't playing in primetime games like that's going to cost you money down the road and so i i think this is a great idea and if a guy's hurt a guy's hurt sorry tough luck you can't make an all nba team that's fine but i would do it for the all-star game i would do it for seasonal awards and i would do it for all nba teams if you play in less than i don't know what the cutoff would be 65 games there you go i'll give you 17 to miss or how about 15 games you can miss throughout the year you got to play in 67 games on the season whatever the case like, that's fair. If you don't play in that many games, I don't think you should be up for a season-long award anyways. Well, I think not only do they have to fix the players not playing, you have to fix the the market inequality situation happening in the league. And, you know, it, it can be Milwaukee one year. It can be Golden State for six. The reality is a lot of cities have no chance because they can't keep their own players uh, or they end up having to pay their players that take up a substantial amount of their cap, yeah. and some teams aren't able to build around that uh, the way that other teams are, pay the luxury tax with their ownership groups. I think a, diff- a big part for them in their CBA is, is not only going to be players to play, uh, which, by the way, is also on teams. Teams need to be held responsible for that. That's not just players choosing not to play. But you also need to uh, alleviate teams that can sign max players. You need to you need to go to the idea that's been floated for some time now of alleviating cap space from signing a guy. If you want to pay Damian Lillard $68 million a year, you wouldn't bat an eye at that, but you should only count X amount of the 68 against your actual salary cap so you can at least build and keep your best players in your cities and not lose them to traditional power markets or you know, modern-day dynasty runs like the Warriors had. That's a great point. The MLS, I know, does that. They have two or three designated contract yes. spots that don't count against their salary cap. And yes. So if you want to pay a guy to come over from Europe you know, X amount further than what you could normally pay a player, it's not going to kill 75% of your salary cap. Right. And you can go pay whoever the hell you want to fill out the rest of your roster. So, I don't know, interesting times ahead for the NBA. The CBA is coming up. I'm glad you brought up the TV thing. I had that in my notes and kind of forgot. ESPN reference, we got to be smarter about how we spent, or Disney, I should say we got to be smarter about how we brought you know pay for broadcasting rights and all that then the report comes out nbc might get in the mix it's just public negotiating public negotiating i would i would be surprised if they ended up leaving but the nostalgia would be there bob costas back on nbc get bill walton Get the snapper, get the snapper's kid to come out, call some games. Let's go, I'll man. R.I.P. the snapper. I don't, I don't know. know if you remember that. <laughs> no, his kids, kids all over Twitter. He's yeah. breaking down film. Get him to come break down games. I, snapper Jr. I got to be honest, man. Most of the reason we would get excited about NBC with NBA is just the theme music. The theme music. You got to get it back. But also, sorry, Fox. I loved you. having a good Saturday, Sunday game. And the song would start. You know oh, what? man. NBA on NBC. Yeah, you'd have to bring the voice back After and everything. The whole thing. It'd be like 90s all over again. What could go wrong? Let's get to your favorite segments, favorite segments, data story next. Crunch the numbers. There's 6,127 students at Adams, 58% of which are girls. 
mouth. So, so that's 7,107.32 boobs. <laughs> Break the news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Is it a stat or a story? Evidence based on olfactory prowess is inadmissible, in case you didn't know. This is Stat or Story, a monumental judgment call with dirt and spray on 1080. Come on, don't mess. The Fan. That's right, folks. Satter story time here on a Wednesday. Coming up in about 10 minutes from now, an end to a national nightmare might be near. I'll tell you what that is. We'll get into that coming up bottom of the hour. I'm going to pay that tease off. But what do we got today, Swag? It's National Gumdrop Day. Gumdrop Day, huh? Yeah, national Gumdrop Day. I tend to agree with you there. Uh, your first number is 10. If I wanted a good gummy, I'd get a gummy bear, a gummy worm, or a gummy edible. I'm out on all sorts of gummy candies. I'm not a gummy candy guy. I gummy love gummy bears. Don't do it for gummy me. Gummy bears are my favorite. Nah, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. We got some gummy bears in here. Your first number is ten. Yeah. Is it the number of times Tiger Woods has won the first PGA Tour event he has entered to start a season? Or is it the size in pounds of the world's largest gumdrop ever made? This is a story. That's too many tournaments. He's got 43, 42 wins in his career. Huh? How many wins has he got? 80? 80? Uh, that's too many. 82? 82, 83? 82. I, I, I don't think an eighth, think an eighth of his wins have come from the very first tournament of a season. So it is a story. <laughs> okay. Uh... I tend to agree with you. Also, who would make a heavier than 10-pound gumball? I mean, did you see the pizza commercial? Yeah. It's... The world's largest pizza in a warehouse? And me and my brother were like, what Why? did you do when it was done? Did, did you... anybody eat it off the floor? Can we go feed homeless people with that? Like, can we put it to good use? What, what are we doing here, Pizza Hut? I'm going to go story two. Yes. Uh, Tiger has won eight times was right. in 25 seasons in his first yeah. tournament. They call that Sprague logic. It always ends up yes. being right. <laughs> eight wins. Uh, he's finished in the top 10 15 times. He has made the cut 22 of the 25. Pretty uh, good numbers. He does opening. not play well at Riviera. His numbers at Riviera historically yeah. are not great. And that's, that, he, he really does. That's one of the tournaments that he still really wants to win since it's in his backyard. It was his first his ever. First ever. 95? Yeah, he was 16 was years old. 16 years old. No, uh, the candy company Brock's uh, holds the record for making the world's largest in its traditional shape, not anything weird yeah. or whatever, uh, but the traditional little reverse cone gumdrop shape. Uh, Ten pounds. A 10-pound gumdrop. Now, what do you do with a 10-pound gumdrop? you got to cut it up. I don't right? know. Did somebody eventually I don't eat know it? What, I don't know what the actual size of that would be. Can we stop making larger-than-necessary food? Can Just to break thing? world records and I stuff? Guess. It seems like a waste of time. It does seem like a, wa a waste of time, a waste of resources, yeah. a waste of money. Like, what did you do with this gumdrop after you made 10 pounds of a gumdrop? I, I would imagine you, you chisel it with started it. carving it up. Have you seen these gimmicky candy bars? <laughs> like, they make these big-ass Reese's that yeah. you can buy at candy stores. And, like, legitimately, like, five-pound Reese's peanut butter cup. <laughs> like, what are you doing with that? Who buys that? Even if you eat a slice of it. Yeah. First of all, you're eating a tiny sliver because it's so rich. Like, what are you doing with the rest of that? No. Not eating it is what you're doing. All right, your next number is 21.4. 21.4. Oh, 
21.4. Is it Anthony Simon's scoring average so far this season? Or is it the amount of sugar in grams in a single serving of gumdrops? Can you say the stat again? 21.4. 21.4. For what? Simon's current scoring average this oh, season. Yeah. Or the amount of sugar in grams in a single stat. serving of gumdrops. Stat. It sounds about right. Stat. I want to s- Stat. How's he not averaging more than 21 points per game? I mean, he's kind of giving you CJ numbers. A whole different conversation there. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I'll go different with you on the last one, but I think that's a stat too. points, 1,196 points in 56 games so far. And the question will be, is he done playing for a while after rolling his ankle last night? Uh, The amount of sugar. So one serving of gumdrops is approximately 10 pieces. There are 21.2 grams of sugar in that serving. That is almost six teaspoons of sugar. (laughs) In one gumdrop? In 10. In one serving. Okay, one serving. Sorry. But, yeah, you can hold that in your hand. <laughs> imagine. It's always funny when you think about that, too. Like, just imagine taking that much sugar in a spoon and just swallowing yeah, it. Yeah, just, <laughs> just a big right scoop. Right down the gullet. A big there scoop handful of just swallowing sugar. I used to, when I was a kid, uh, my mom would buy cornflakes. She wouldn't even buy frosted flakes. She just get plain cornflakes. You got to add get, your own sugar. Yeah, we had the chicken on the box, and uh, we'd pour the cornflakes. a rooster. What? It's a rooster. That's what I said. Okay. Chicken, rooster, I mean, God. <laughs> um, it's a damn bird. We used to sneak her coffee sugar. She had a little coffee dish next to her coffee maker, a little sugar dish. Yes. We used to sneak that away, and we would just dump spoonfuls all over the cornflakes. You and have my, to do that. My favorite bite was always the last, where it was just sugar sitting in a puddle of milk. <laughs> I would just, oh, so good. <laughs> You're ready to go to school at that point. You're ready for a good day, man. All right. Your final number is 31. 31. Is it the amount of salary cap space in millions of dollars the Raiders have cleared for 2023 by releasing Derek Carr? Hmm. Or is it the current world record for the most number of gummy bears eaten in one minute? I could eat 31 in... What? I feel like I eat ten in less than ten seconds. I mean, you gotta. There's, they can be tough to chew. There's some. There's some tear there. This has got to be a. You can't swallow them whole. At least I hope you're not swallowing them whole. You can a gummy bear. I mean, you can. I wouldn't advise it. Thirty-one gummy bears in a minute. I, I'm gonna... I will break that record on the show. <laughs> this is a stat. Come on, thirty-one gummy bears. This is child's play. This I'll is go, a stat. I'll go story. Uh, this is a story. This is a bull <laughs> record. Uh, Derek Carr's uh, release cleared $29.25 million of cap space for the Raiders. Go buy go buy a bag of gummy bears. Can you try that? We can try this tomorrow. So, yeah, uh, I'll tomorrow. tomorrow. The record was set in 2017. Kevin L.A. Beast Strawley set the record. 31 gummy bears in one minute. Now, the big question with gummy bears is what constitutes... Because, yeah, if you actually have to chew them up. It'll take you some time. It's going to take some time. It's a time. chew and go. It's a... Okay. It's a gummy. It's going to dissolve down your throat. We know what we're throat. doing on the show on Friday. I'm getting some gummy bears. <laughs> this needs to happen. Get yeah. 32 gummy bears, and I will devour Just those get in a bag. I'm sure I'll go to a grocery store between now and then. <laughs> 
Well, if you're going to do the... find out if there's any other weird rules. Yeah, see but... if there's a stipulation on the size of the gummy bear, the constituency. But that, yeah, you know, we'll go to the... What is it? The Hasbro is like the... the go-to usually, The go-to, yeah. the... Yeah. Yeah, we 30, can make... Does not 31 seem like a tiny number for you guys in a minute? Well, again, I think again, I, I, I think you're it. overrating the easiness of chewing gummy bears. I eat. I'm a gummy bear savant. Sure, but do you? How often do you try and eat them fast? Well, I don't try to eat them fast, but I do because I like them so much. That's my problem. I get a handful and they're gone. I'm like, well, I gotta go another handful because I would imagine like at, at most in one time you're probably putting six or seven into your mouth. Probably, maybe probably. eight. That's a, that's like a hand. That's like a normal gummy bear handful. Let's do that four times in a minute. I could do that. Yeah, yeah. But if you, I almost wonder, would it be easier to not chew and go one at a time down the gullet? Like just straight, because if you're putting eight in your mouth, you yeah, cannot. You're gonna have to. You chew. can't swallow yeah. that hole. You got to chew them up. That's a fair point. If so, you're just going one at a time, just. Bloop, 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 I bet you them can down. get two at a time. <laughs> Quick chew and swallow situation. What's the insurance uh, thing here? If he chokes on a gummy bear, what's what's our? Well, Odyssey is not liable. Okay. The odds are Odyssey is not liable. This is my own decision. I'll take a CPR training class just in case. Um. I, I don't know. Thirty-one just seems like a tiny number to me. I mean, I see. I see your point. I see the point you're making. I think you're poo-pooing a little bit the chewiness of a gummy bear, but we need to try this on the show. See if we can make it work. I'm gonna break this record. Thirty-two gummy bears coming. Dirt and Sprague. We'll record it, document it, send it in, and you'll do a status story with my name on it. Live on the air. Thirty-two is it the number of gummy bears eaten by Brandon Sprague live on the air. Live on a radio show in yeah. Portland, Oregon, in 2023. Or oh. It could also be that you could t- you could set the record for most gummy bears live on air. Whole different record category, even if you only get to like 27. Well, that's pro- there's a whole this other... This Joe Blow didn't do it live on the radio. Yeah, there's a whole other conversation about records being broke live on air in some capacity that I'm sure exists and we could easily obtain. <laughs> All right, well, here we go. we got something to look forward to the rest of the week. Frank trying for the record of uh, gummy bears. There you go. Statter story every Wednesday at uh, 8.15. We'll get into a couple final notes on the Blazers to close up the show tonight. A documentary is out today we're all excited about. But is our long national nightmare potentially almost over? What is it? We'll tell you next. A couple of thoughts here at the fan text line. Reminder, the new number, 503-864-6326. If you've been living under a rock this week. Somebody said, your logic does not work on gummy bear Sprague. Another one, fellow gummy bear fan, three at a time, quick chew and swallow. Sprague does this easily. What uh, what logic doesn't work there? It just says your your logic does not work on gummy bear, Sprague. Your logic does not work. So no sighting of what logic he is. He referring to your logic of popping one at a time because <laughs> that's your logic, or is it my logic where I grab a handful and I get it done? He does not cite his sources here. Okay. He just says your logic does not work. Uh, somebody said Sprague has already broken the record for most bad bets on the air. So thinking this will be another one. Yeah, damn right I have. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Got nothing to lose at this point. Well, I could lose my life choking on a gummy bear. You could. That'd be a really bad way to go. That's a really bad way to go out. Especially considering right after I pass, the gummy bear will probably dissolve down my throat, and they'd be like, well. Then you're cleared. Then you're good. Yeah, but I'd be dead. I, I know. It just, it's just a second too late. And, and, and with your confidence level, too. That's a rough look. You're very confident you can do this. If it, not only can you not do it, but it takes you out, it's double whammy. Right. I don't know if you recover from that. Right. Well, Liter- it's, literally. It's like the guy screaming on his couch about the field goal kicker missing the 24-yard field goal for the win. 
come on, even I could do that. And then I step up to kick the field goal. And like, now I'm getting nervous. That's probably what's going to happen Friday. We have a uh, spraying the throat line under here, uh, <laughs> taking under bets of 28 and a half, under over 28 and a half. The official number has been set in Vegas. Spraying the line throat edition. <laughs> God. I mean, you're making us do that stupid segment still after the football season's You're over. damn right. We got to have something to gamble on on Friday. What yep. is the All-Star weekend? We got the Genesis. Thank you. I think we have the Daytona Come 500 on. this weekend. It we is? do. They're the, they're the stupidest sport in, in America. <laughs> We're going to have our biggest event the first race of the year, so you won't care the rest of the year, but welcome <laughs> to NASCAR. Uh, did they do that Coliseum one again? Did that already that happen? That was last week. The they Clash. Did, uh, the Clash at the Coliseum. They drive like 40 miles an hour because it's tiny and they can't turn anywhere. Yeah, that, that race happened. I see stuff like that sometimes and my brain cannot function. Like, how do you put a racetrack on top of a football field? I mean, I, I think they, they cover it. I know, but it's like concrete. How do you do an NBA game and a hockey game in the same venue? It looks different. Well, I know that they slide the floors in and out. It stays underneath the arena. I you know, know how the that Super works. Bowl field was all just brought in, right? <laughs> yes. None of that is actually the grass from I Glendale. Know. Concrete's different. Yeah, but if you cover it. I know. I'm not asking about the football field aspect. So yeah. when the race is done, what do you do with the concrete? How do you get it out of there? It probably was a track built in pieces, and it just connects. Okay. They slide it through, and they start connecting. I guess that them. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what you do with it when you're done. Probably save it because you're like, just gonna keep doing the race there. You gotta have guys out there with a jackhammer <laughs> breaking the thing up slowly but surely. <laughs> oh, it just blew my mind when I saw that. Could you pull that sound pull effect, that. please? Don't pull that. Sound his effect. face with the sound effect was outstanding. <laughs> Somebody said, uh, "If you put eight in your mouth, you can't swallow that whole." I guess I said that in the last segment. So somebody try me. I have no gag reflex. <laughs> I actually do. Eight would be way too much. That's I a lot. would throw up all over the desk. It'll tickle the back of the throat. Now, in all seriousness, let's be serious here. Sure. What's my over-under number that if you if you, just your own opinion? I'd give you 25 and a half if you hit the over. You I, think over-under is 25 and a half? I think half? 25 and a half. Oh. I give you 25 and is, a half. Is your number that high swag? That's a little higher. I think you get a 28. See, if I'm at 28, you think I can get 28? I'm only three away. Yeah, but you got to finish and swallow. You have to. I have to what? You have to finish and swallow. It's <laughs> what you have to do. And I'm determined and to finish have, and swallow. You have one minute to do so. Dude. For some I've, of us, that's not hard. I, I can finish and swallow in a minute. Especially when you're going to tell me how to get that many down. Hey, the NFL is going to go to flex scheduling next year. Are we excited about this? We're very <laughs> excited about this. Aren't they already flex scheduling? No, no Mondays and Thursdays Monday will be included. And Thursday. Well, not th I, I think Goodell said that too. Uh, not for Thursday night football, Monday night football. No, they don't. No, it's just Sunday night that They've gets flexed. They've never flexed for Monday no, night football. No, I guess Sunday is the only one. Yeah, Sunday's the only one because the games are on the same day. But he's Commissioner Goodell last week, this was lost in the shuffle of the trade deadline in the Super Bowl, that uh, starting next year they will employ flexible scheduling for Sunday night football, which they already did, but Monday Night Football is the addition. And then he said that the league is eventually going to extend flexible scheduling to Thursday Night Football as well. Our national nightmare of having to decide an entire national television schedule at yeah. the start of the season is officially over. Like, give me the first eight weeks. You want to plan that they're, out? That's they're fine. looking at college football and now then the, rest the way of the they year, do it. See how it goes. So the and Broncos so, and Colts aren't on there in yeah. week 12. So they'll be the, there will be rules in place that they have to have the decision – you know, I don't know, three weeks before that week so teams can plan accordingly. There's got to be – got to do it two to three weeks out at a minimum. Yeah. 
so teams can get their their arrangements in order. Yeah, I I, I would say to that, um, it's exciting, but also you already said something that I'm like, no, stop. Why am I waiting eight weeks? Do it the first three weeks. Keep it concrete. After that, man, injuries, team identity, all of that stuff by week four and five, we start to kind of get a feel for. Make it sooner. I'm not waiting eight weeks. I believe the Bronco Niner game, which the final of that was like 11 to 10. I want to say that was that was early. That was like week three, week four. Like I That was, was a pretty three. early game. And that Might game, even have been week two. And we knew at that point Denver sucked. I mean, we knew one game. Well, not necessarily one game. Two games in, definitely we knew Denver was the way they suck. ended the Seattle game. We were like, okay, their coach is terrible. Yeah, and then it like I just I don't need to wait eight weeks. We know who teams that will be determined by the TV networks that are paying the billions of dollars who may want some sort of programming certainty to start the season. Yeah, I mean ESPN, ABC, Disney. I mean they're paying way more than they were, and yeah. they're getting a Super Bowl for it. But they're sitting there saying like, why Sunday night football gets to flex out late in the year, and we're yeah. all thankful for that. Yeah, but Monday night, like, why are we sticking with Monday night football games there, when you have two months be, ahead where you can yeah. say, hey, this these teams are good. Yeah. This team is better than we thought. Let's put them on Monday night football in week fourteen. Right. You give the fans a month leeway to to plan things out, and hey, okay, it's no longer a Sunday game. Now it's a Monday game. We got to plan accordingly. Sell your tickets if you need to, but you. Like with the amount of money that's getting spent in TV contracts, you cannot continue to have duds. We'll watch anything, but we're going to complain endlessly, and we deserve better as fans. the The Broncos and the Colts being on primetime as much as they were last year was unthinkable. I mean, they just they 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 went way over the skis on Russell Wilson in Denver. It's not that they weren't worthy, or every one of us were saying, "Oh, they're going to be good," and can they push the Chiefs or the Chargers? Can they win the Super Bowl? It's not that that wasn't real. It was just, I don't know. In that league, I know like the Bengals are a good example of this. They started slow, and we didn't know if they'd be able to get back. And that that Halloween game, they got killed by the Browns. That was a little later in the season. But most of the time, you can get a feel for who the teams are that are competent, entertaining, not settled with big injury, and even good, I think, in the first four weeks. So, like, I don't want to wait till week eight. And – and also, if you're TV networks, I understand the certainty part of it, but, like, boo-hoo. You fly everywhere. You're flying private. Don't you want the most eyeballs, the most entertainment? Yeah, maybe it'll wake Al Michaels up because he fell asleep on those Thursday night games last year. Is they were he back? so damn bad. I don't know if he's back or not, but yeah. hopefully a, 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 an except. Well, although the playoff game, they didn't do much in the playoff game, so maybe that's not the case for him. Yeah, the 49er Bronco game was week three. 11-10 was your final. That was a Sunday night football game in week three, 11-10. Mm. Two weeks after that, the Broncos were again on primetime against the Colts, and they lost 12-9. to Remember that game? Remember yeah, that 12-9 to game? I do remember that game. And then months later, they were allowed to play a game on Christmas Day. Christmas Day football, they tried to take over that, and they lost to the Rams 51-14. to Well, okay, answer this one. <laughs> so Colts-Broncos, uh, how bad that game was. Do yes. you remember what the next game was the week after? They played the Chargers. No, 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 not for them. For the, the primetime? One of the primetime games. I do not remember. I do, because it somehow was a worse game. It was Commanders at Bears. <laughs> That's right. This is our Thursday Night Football run, I think. But who, who in their mind looked at the schedule and said, Commanders-Bears has to be national television? Yeah. There was no world where the Bears were going to be good, and the Commanders were iffy at best to be good. So why did somebody sit in a room and go, 
Commander's Bears mm. primetime TV. Mm. Game was terrible. I don't even know if there was a touchdown scored in that game. That seemed like that stretch we were going through, no touchdowns on Thursday Night Football. A good example of a team that's surprised, too. How about the Lions? I feel like the Lions, outside of Thanksgiving, never get a primetime game. They were a fun team to watch last year. They finally did in Week 18, whatever it was, against the Packers. But, like, put, throw their ass on Thursday Night Football. They're fun to watch. Do you wait, though, for the Lions because they seemingly always start out 1-4, 1-5, <laughs> And right when you give up and say they're terrible again, they they roar back. Well, I think to your point, like week eight's probably a little too aggressive. Just do it in three or four week intervals. Like do the first month of the season, and then after a week or two, you get a sense. Then you do the next month of the season. Then you do the so you can kind of ebb and flow as the season goes on. The only thing about the Thursday, I don't know if there's a rule or not about team. There there should be a rule. Teams can't play. More Thursday than, night will be more complicated. Yeah, yeah and that's why they said it's not going to come next year. Right. Goodell said we're eventually going to get to Thursday night football. They got to work out the rules of how many times a team can appear. Does every team have to have a Thursday night game? How does yeah. how does that work out for fairness? A little more complicated, but hey, a national nightmare of watching bad teams in primetime games. Hopefully, is over soon. As Roger Goodell last week, lost in the shuffle, said. Uh, that they're going to start flexing for Monday Night Football on top of Sunday Night Football, and eventually they will get there for a Thursday Night Football as well. Let's close it up. The uh, All-Star Weekend is nearly here, and the Blazers are heading in the wrong direction. Um, we'll uh, close up there next. On the long black I don't know if there's a stat that represents Damian Lillard's tenure in Portland better than this. Over his last 18 games, he is averaging 37.5 points per game, 7.5 assists per game, 5 rebounds per game, He's shooting 51% from the floor on 21 attempts per game, shooting basically 40% from three on 11 attempts per game, and he's shooting 95% from the free throw line. Again, that is 37, 7.5, and 5, with basically a 50, 40, 90 split. In those 18 games, the Blazers are 9 and 9. <laughs> I don't know if there's a stat that more represents his tenure in Portland than that. And of course, last night, the devastating blow as Anthony Simons goes down. The team says x rays are negative. Although I don't think anybody's expecting him to be back anytime soon. And we are now nearing, my friend, the return of the theme of last season. Mm. The total tank. Santa's running into town on his tank. So the thing that um, it's frustrating to see that record with that production because this is the top end of him. This is, it might be the best 18-game stretch of his career. Well, no, I mean, this is the greatest season of his career. This is the very peak of his powers. He is 32 years old. Okay, I know 33. He might be really good and, and close to, if not just as good. But, like, this is the top. It will not get better than this. It can only be more successful than this. And that's frustrating because this is when you get guys that maximize their talent, right? We talk about primes. People wondering aloud this week, is Patrick Mahomes entering his prime? And I would say, no, he's in his prime. He'll just get better with smarts and understanding the game more and more every single year with X's and O's and only get better in that way. But physically, he's in, he's in his prime. Physically, Dame is in his prime. He's showing it on the court, statistically, everything. And his team's not very good. You look through their schedule, and I know we talked about this earlier today, but you look through their schedule, man. They start with the Kings post-All-Star break next Thursday. Outside of Houston... Everything is a coin flip and could be a loss. Houston and maybe Detroit are two teams you would look and go, eh. But Chicago, Utah, L.A., uh, Boston, New York, New Orleans, Philly, Atlanta, like Memphis, Golden State, those are all who they play. 
It's not very off to suggest they could end their season winning like three games. There are five teams within two, two and a half games of them in the standings right now. And they have the 12th first record in the NBA currently. I want to be that guy again, but that's probably the best path forward for them. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Tough one last night for Anthony Simons. Never want to see somebody get hurt. And uh, the Blazers head to the All-Star break on a low note. That will do it for us. If you miss any of the show, you can go catch the podcast, 1080thefan.com. After the break, and at 1080thefan on Twitter. Uh, we went to New York to talk about the Jets quarterback situation for the Daily Ticker. Ken Barkley will join us tomorrow. And Jason Lockamfora. Yeah, yes, yeah, maybe. Waiting for final, final Waiting confirmation. Waiting for fun. potentially join us tomorrow. And uh, I'm going to go watch the entire season of Full Swing. So I'll see y'all tomorrow. <laughs> we'll talk to you at 6 a.m. Colin is next, listening to 1080 The Fan.